Hello, hello, and welcome back to Something to Noodle On. With all the negativity in the world and people raining on our parades, it can be hard to stay positive, especially about our own endeavors. Rooting for yourself might seem like a cocky thing to do, but it's actually really important. We need to be our own cheerleaders and show up for ourselves, especially when no one else will. So today, I wanted to talk about the various support networks offered as well as the good, the bad, and the ugly that can often come with them. As well as the positive benefits of self-validation. Hopefully by the end, we'll have shed some light on showing up for yourself and how it can be one of the best mental health habits to adopt. So let's dive in. There's a common phrase that I frequently hear, especially in creative circles and pertaining to subjective works. You are your own worst critic. I don't know who came up with this, but I know that I'm guilty of it. I often come down hard on myself, holding myself up to these impossible standards and judging myself for any flaws or weaknesses, especially if a video or even a podcast episode doesn't do as well as I wanted it to. I beat myself up for it. If I see someone else achieving heights of success I could only dream of, I try not to compare myself to them, but easier said than done. How I'd love to be rubbing elbows with the elite, but maybe I think to myself, I'm not good enough, or oh, I don't work hard enough, otherwise I'd be there in that room. These are the thoughts that just run through my mind. I think we all realize how damaging it is to be too harsh on ourselves. It endangers negative emotions like unworthiness, uselessness, or even self-blame. If we let those feelings fester, eventually we give up before reaching our own goals, convinced that we're talentless hacks who have no business even vying for a seat at the table. Instead of falling prey to the dark and twisty brain spiders that try to convince us that we're failing at life, I propose an alternative mindset to combat the negativity. Embracing our inner cheerleaders and showing up for ourselves. It may sound kind of silly, but it's along the same line as daily affirmations. The more you do it, the easier it becomes until it's just second nature to you. If you still need some convincing, well, here are a few thoughts for your own brain to noodle on. First of all, it just feels good when we have someone else to cheer us on. If you grew up playing sports or performing in a band, attending dance recitals, competing in various contests, or participating in any other kind of activity with an audience, chances are you always tried to find your friends or family amongst the sea of spectators. When we see a familiar or encouraging smile, it does wonders for our confidence. Plus, it's exciting to hear someone call out your name when you take the field. Sometimes it even gives you the extra boost you need to score the winning point or execute a difficult skill. I remember how I personally beamed with pride when my dad showed up for my soccer games. My parents divorced when I was really, really young. So seeing my dad at games always meant a lot to me because I knew that he drove a really long way to be there, whereas my mom took me there in the first place, so she had to be there. Anytime my parents showed up to my extracurriculars, it always made me feel good. 
I played a little bit better when I was in orchestra or if I was in sports, I wanted to get an extra goal. And even in art class, I was so excited to show my mom that I got an award. I wanted to make them proud and it felt good when they said I did a good job. It's this positive support that is more likely to successfully motivate ourselves to do our best, much better than those harsh words of criticism. Unless you're a masochist, I mean, I'm no one to judge, you do you, homie, but <laughs> for me, I thrive on positive reinforcement. Hearing the roar of the fans in the stands sometimes pushes us beyond what we thought were our limits, sending us soaring to new heights. There's a reason why the rallying cry of a cheerleading squad can charge into the momentum of a football game. The adrenaline rush hits, and we find ourselves rejuvenated and filled with renewed determination. We want to make the audience happy and proud. Their excitement compels us to excel. Even something as simple as, you can do it, is like destiny calling us to succeed. Being your own cheerleader is just taking the same feel-good energy and focusing it on yourself. On the other side of that, however, is self-depreciation or trash-talking ourselves. Instead of words of encouragement, we use language that disparages us or undervalues ourselves. We tell ourselves that we suck or that we're idiots. A lot of times we use self-deprecating humor as a way to make ourselves appear more likable or agreeable. Or perhaps we make ourselves the butt of the joke to lighten a tense situation. It can even be used as a self-defense mechanism. I mean, after all, nobody can insult you if you get to the punchline first. I unfortunately used to do this a lot especially in my early days of streaming. Because being a woman in a male-dominated field, it was hard, and I didn't want folks to jokingly tell me to get back in the kitchen where I belong or tell them to make them a sandwich. So I would make the joke first, because in my mind, if they belittled me, it would suck. But if I did it before they could, then we were breaking down a perceived barrier. I don't think that way anymore, but unfortunately, I definitely fell into this self-deprecating humor. Regardless of why we're doing it or why we did it, we're still talking negatively about ourselves. Once in a while for a laugh is probably okay, but when we're constantly talking down about ourselves, others can perceive us as a downer or someone who is unpleasant to be around. And even more to the point, all that negative talk can negatively impact our own emotional well-being. Words are so incredibly powerful, and despite what we may think, our brains can be pretty stupid. Have you ever wanted to get out of school or work so badly that you convinced your parents that you were sick so you could take the day off from school or work only to actually get sick? Our silly brains make up the symptoms and convince ourselves we are sick because we hounded down that we were in the first place. We wanted to believe it, so we made it happen. These self-fulfilling prophecies are a real phenomenon, so it's important to spend more time building yourself up than putting yourself down. If you haven't convinced yourself that you are sick, then maybe this one's more relatable to you. Have you ever psyched yourself out so much about an upcoming test or work evaluation, believing that the only outcome is failure, 
only for that outcome to actually come true. That's a common example of a self-fulfilling prophecy. With self-fulfilling prophecies, we cling to a belief about the future. And that leads to us taking certain actions that result in our original belief coming true. For example, say you're a quarterback and you have a history of fumbling the ball when the game is on the line. It's the last play of the state championship, the score is tied, and you need to connect with your receiver so you can run the ball into the end zone for a game-winning touchdown. But you're convinced that the ball is never going to get there. You get the jitters, you start to sweat, you curse under your breath, you lose your balance right as the snap comes back, and the ball slips right through your fingers. The opposing team recovers it quickly and runs it down to the opposite side of the field. And they score! So you can see how holding negative beliefs can bring these unwanted outcomes. The good thing is, self-fulfilling prophecies can work the other way too. If I may quote for a moment the immortal words of Space Jam, if I can see it, then I can do it. And if I just believe it, there's nothing to it. All the silliness aside, visualizing your success and telling yourself that you've got this is going to be far, far better for your performance than convincing yourself that you can't do it at all. All right, so we've already established the positive impact of others around us cheering us on, so why do we need to get into the habit of showing up for ourselves? Well, it's certainly much easier to believe all the hype when someone else is generating it. It's why we see our coaches, teachers, directors, and other leaders as mentors, not just skill instructors. If the expert has no doubt that we can achieve what we've set out to do, who are we to question that? And while we may sometimes feel sheepish when our family shows up and makes a huge ruckus for us in the stands, having that personal cheering section truly does encourage us. Unfortunately, sometimes life gets in the way and the people we count on to show up just can't make it. I know, it feels awful when we expect to see our mom or dad's face in the audience, but instead there is just an empty seat where they should be sitting. A little bit of our inner light blots out and we do whatever we can not to let everyone else see that we're upset. We swallow our feelings and keep trudging through the mire. I mean, as they say, the show must go on. Plus, some things we do, we just have to do alone. For example, we can't have our personal cheering section in the room when we're giving an important presentation at work. Though, that would be pretty dope. Unfortunately, it would be frowned upon. This would be reminiscent of that scene from Legally Blonde, where Elle's friends visit the courtroom to support her with cries of, Vote for Elle! In our own lives, we wouldn't want mom or dad waving pom-poms or throwing confetti in our face during a first date we've really been looking forward to with that person who just gives us those insane butterflies. That might be a little embarrassing. But because other people cannot always be there when we need them, it's important to be able to encourage ourselves and be our own advocates. If we can't do that, we risk disappointment failure, regret, 
or even guilt. We might underperform or even refuse to perform at all. We stop taking chances, making mistakes, and getting messy. Yep, that's a magic school bus reference. Showing up for ourselves, on the other hand, helps us see things through to the end. Plus, self-validation can help us internalize feelings of incompetence. Consider the story of the little engine that could, a long train that needs to be pulled uphill 15 miles in both directions. Just kidding, that's a Rugrats reference. But it's seemingly an almost impossible task that falls on the shoulders of a little engine rather than a big, powerful locomotive that could have pulled the train with ease. The little engine struggles to lead the train to its destination, but it keeps on going up the mountain while repeating the mantra, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, even when it reaches the steepest, most difficult part of the climb. Of course, we all know that the little engine succeeds in making it up and over the top and changes its mantra to, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, As children, this story was the holy grail of believing in ourselves, but we can still learn from it as adults. If we keep telling ourselves that we can perform difficult tasks, face our fears, and reach our goals, do all the stinking things, eventually we'll start putting faith in ourselves and in our abilities, and our successes will just keep coming and coming and coming. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. Positive talk is so important for your brain. Words are powerful. There's a reason witches cast verbal spells. What we tell ourselves has a ripple effect. Not just for us, but in our relationships too. We set the vibe. People can tell when we're being too hard on ourselves. They can see our uncertainty or lack of confidence, our hesitance to go for the gold. If we're miserable or even depressed, those around us will pick up on it. And as we mentioned earlier, nobody likes a downer. And too much self-deprecation can make others in our social circles feel uncomfortable. Sure, they'll try to disagree with our negative statements at first, hoping eventually we'll see our true worth. But if we meet their encouragement with continued pessimism, it's likely their perception of us will veer towards the negative end as well. I think I read somewhere that it takes five positive encounters to undo just one negative encounter. Let that digest a little bit. If you're mean to someone three times, it's going to take 15 times of you being nice to them for them to change their view about who you are as a person. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot of work, so just be kind in the first place. Anyways, getting back to it, I digress. On the other hand, speaking about ourselves kindly can start a wonderful chain reaction where everyone spreads positivity to you, to others, and to themselves. And yes, we can speak highly of ourselves without coming off as arrogant, conceited, or even narcissistic. Confidence doesn't have to equate to hubris. We can still be self-encouraging even as we acknowledge our weaknesses and our own mistakes. Plus, showing up for ourselves doesn't mean showing up only for ourselves. We still need to listen to and support our loved ones, lifting them up when they're feeling down and cheering them on when they need it too. 
just like they do for you. The teamwork aspect of spreading positivity through encouragement definitely creates these warm, fuzzy feelings. But at the end of the day, being your own cheerleader is a highly personal journey. We have to show up for ourselves because when it comes down to it, we can only truly depend on ourselves. This is not to say that we're ultimately alone or that we shouldn't seek help when we need it. It merely recognizes the fact that we are the only ones who are where we are a hundred percent of the time. I know we talked about this before, but it bears repeating because the world can be so unkind sometimes. I'd hate to think of us finding ourselves in a position where we can't advocate for ourselves or we let ourselves get the best of us. Of course, support networks are great to have, but depending on them can lead to disappointment. Sometimes family gets busy and misses those important occasions. Think of a kid on a little league baseball team who hits a home run only to look back at their parent who was on their cell phone and missed the whole thing. It's those interactions that can be devastating. When you look at your other support networks, maybe your therapist is out of town on vacation, leaving us to fend for ourselves. When you look at support groups, those too aren't even 24-7, 365. We need to learn to depend on ourselves in those instances of these absences. Plus, codependency and other forms of unhealthy attachment are real risks that can develop from constantly using someone else as an emotional crutch. Children who constantly look to their parents for protection and reassurance and self-validation, especially if they find themselves significantly coddled, can potentially wind up unable to transition into adulthood, a phenomenon commonly referred to as failure to launch or Peter Pan syndrome. If we constantly find our strength in others, we may develop the inability to be self-sufficient or assertive or we'll start to put more faith in external circumstances rather than trusting our own knowledge and abilities. All of this is not to say that we shouldn't form emotional bonds with others or that we should abandon the ideas of fellowship and interconnectedness. These are all still essential parts of what it is to be human. Showing up for yourself, being your own cheerleader and advocate, Having the ability to find encouragement from within, these are all merely skills to keep in your toolkit in case a situation demands them. Hopefully though, such occasions will be rare. Overall, being your own cheerleader and showing up for yourself is a good habit to develop. If you can do that, then you can overcome any moments of self-doubt and insecurity no matter where you are or who you're with. Giving yourself a pep talk to seize the day should be your new normal. I'm certainly going to try and make it mine. As always, I hope we gave you something to noodle on in your own life. Whether it's showing up for yourself more or maybe even being more of a cheerleader in the lives of those around you. If you have other ways you like to give encouragement, let us know. You can share your thoughts and get the conversation going on our Discord or follow us on Twitter at a pod to noodle on. 
And if you enjoyed what you heard so far, please consider giving us five stars. It will help the algorithm share the podcast with others. Thank you again. Until next time. Bye.